Wait, how do I? How do I? How do I stop? How do you stop it? Bill, how do I make it stop? (laughs) (laughs) All right, it is Tuesday, September 29th. Uh, Almost. God, it's almost October. Jesus. I'm just... Are you this overwhelmed by the fact that it's almost well, October? The year has just gone by so fast. Well, that's what happens when you're, you know, driving across the country. Yeah. Uh, so it is Tuesday, October. No, God. See, I just messed it up. September 29th. Uh, episode 179 of On Taking Pictures. On Taking Pictures. 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 Uh, and uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris. And with me, Bill Wadman. Yep. Where are you right now? Uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York, right. Yep, yep. Uh, it's so cool. The DC. most expensive place in the world to live. Is it really? <laughs> it's now the most expensive place in America if you compare median income to cost of living. I, see, I would think San Francisco. <clears throat> Apparently, they make a lot more money in San Francisco overall. So uh, even okay. though things are really expensive, they have more money to pay for them. Right. Where here, apparently the average person has to spend 98% of what they make on housing to live in Brooklyn. On average. 98%? Yeah. It's the highest. In the, so you get 2% of your earnings live on. <laughs> for food and yeah, clothing. Else. Yeah. Wow. I mean, but that's taking into account, you know, the really expensive, rich places in Brooklyn and then the really more inexpensive, poor areas out further. You know what I mean? Like it's sort still. of. But still, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big gap. Ah, oh, welcome. Anyway, well, but yeah, you know, good. Uh, soon we'll have uh, President Trump to fix all of it. He's going to fix everything. He's going to just gild everything with gold. Right. Build a wall and, you know, cut taxes for the rich. Could you imagine how tacky that wall would look? <laughs> yeah. And and would it would it have in gold leaf the word, like, would it be the Trump wall every, you know, 30 feet? Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I walked by the Trump Building on the way to the Apple Store the other day, so it, it was. Uh, I was like, look at there's the Trump Building where he announced yeah. his candidacy. Well, he's got uh, he's got a new hotel uh, going. He's always into got a new hotel. Oh, they're, in they're doing. Yeah, it's the old post office, so it'll look beautiful on the outside and black and gold. Oh, that's so wrong. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I I was in line for a phone the other day. It was fun. Uh, I'd never done that before. You waited, see, and T-Mobile, no line. Yeah, you walk in, you walk out. Well, their 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 POS system took a dump, but other than that, walking in and getting the phone was was like. 10, 15 minutes. Well, yeah. The, the the problem I had is that I wanted to do that. Like Conrad ordered her phone online and it came later that day. Right. I mean, it came oh, okay. on Friday. It came UPS to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, she just bought hers outright. I wanted right. to do the Apple monthly thing. I wanted to do that. Because um, I didn't want to start a new contract with the AT&T and the whole thing. Like, I don't trust AT&T. And I don't like the way their next plans work where it's like, even though it says, 18, you know, it's the next 18, but really you're paying 24 things and you can re-up once you're at 18 months. It's like, it's all just like jiggering. It's like the Apple thing. It's like, you're basically paying for the phone. You're just paying for it over 24 months or whatever it is. Right. You know? And right, if you right, want right. to you know, swap it in and get the new one next year, you just start back from scratch. Like It's much more simple than a lot of the carrier ones. Um, so, But you have to do that in the store. 
And mm. when they did the Apple Watch thing, they tried to get rid of the lines by creating uh, reservations for people. So you had reservations and you would go in and, and do the watch. And they were trying to get rid of the lines because apparently that Angela Aaron's woman doesn't like the lines. She thinks it's tacky because she's all, you know, whatever she was, Burberry, Burberry. or whatever. Yeah, she's from Burberry. Um, so I figured I made a reservation. They were like, come between 10 and 1030. I'm like, okay, well, that sounds perfectly reasonable. You know, like maybe I can just go in and maybe I'll have to wait for 20 minutes, but whatever. And I get there. And there are two giant lines. One of them is for all of the, excuse me, Chinese people. It was all Chinese people in one line who didn't have uh, reservations, who were buying. I watched a woman buy five phones in cash next to me. Hmm. Like she pulled out a wad of $100 bills and counted out five grand. And which is weird because, I mean, there was that whole thing, right, where they were sending iPhones back to China because they were selling them in China when China didn't have them available normally. But I don't understand why that would be a thing still, because China now can get them straight from Apple, right? Wasn't, wasn't there a period of time, too, where you, you had to have a credit card tied to the phone purchase and you could only buy one? Uh, maybe, but I saw people buying multiples the other day. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so I, the other line was the line of... Uh, with people with reservations and I was like what are you talking about and it was around the building it was like around the side of the building when I got there and I got into line and then it went all the way around the building by the time I was sort of up to the front so I was supposed to I had attended I got there at 9 45 I didn't get in to talk to somebody until eleven fifty or so um is it did they treat it like a genius bar thing where that your appointment is at 10 30 or they tell you get here at 10 30 they said your appointment is between 10 you have to be there between 10 and 10 30 and if you're not there between 10 and 10 30 according to the email like you basically we won't hold your phone but of course you get there and they say oh we're holding phones until midnight for people with reservations like to assuage people who are just like i'm in line it's 10 30 like you know am i gonna lose my phone right right right, right. um but i get to the front they they queued us up right to the front counter of this is the fifth avenue store the big cube one underground right, the cube yeah and um it was you know say 20 people at the main uh counter to buy stuff like the register counter and i think i got one of the manager people because he had a like a walkie-talkie thing on his arm and he was like going back and forth with people a little bit while he was doing my thing mm-hmm. and i also wanted to trade my old five in you know, because they'd give you a hundred bucks or whatever it is and store credit for it, which is easier than sending it, selling it on eBay for the same amount of money. I was just like, yeah, just take it, you know. Um, so I get up. Yeah. And I did the whole thing. And apparently they do a credit check, I guess, through someone. Sure. So, and so, yeah, you know. sure. And apparently I was only the third one the guy had done with the monthly thing, but it worked. And, and I got out of there. I mean, it's fine. I just I was just surprised by it's like if you're going to tell people there are appointments then appointment doesn't mean it's an appointment if you don't get in for another two hours. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I mean, what's what's the alternative? You've got tens of thousands of people showing up. I mean, what, well, you give out less of these appointments if you can't keep up with the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, they over whatevered. I just I just didn't expect it because they said that they were trying to get rid of all those lines. And anyway, whatever. I got the phone. I got the line. Um, uh, it's really nice. Yeah. So let's talk about it because you got one and I got one. what did you get? What color? Uh, black 64, small one. So space gray yep. 64. Okay. I, I got uh, silver 64. Okay. I don't like the white front. That's the thing. I, I dig the white front. Okay. I think it looks sharp. I, Cause I, I always get, um, these cases by a company called Spigen. Okay. Um, 
which are terrific cases. They're two-part cases. They have the, the TPE material that sets against the phone. And then they've got either, like my, my 5 and 5S had a back plate for rigidity. And this one's got like a, a rigid bumper around it. But I, it, it, and it, and I, I liked, I have a, a white iPad mini and I, I just like that silver white look. And it, plus it's uh, easier to find. I can see it easier. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. There's something about the white that like distracts me while I'm looking at the screen. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and I got, I got this weird e- Evo Tech case. So it's actually, um, it's sort of like rubber plastic around the edge, but the back is wood. It's like one mm. of those like wood one. And apparently it's made, it's got Kevlar fibers through it. So they don't mm. like crack. Uh, my friend Dan Gottesman is a big fan of this company's stuff. And so I just was like, yeah, that sounds good. You know? Nice. Um, anyway, so yeah, so got the phone. Uh, you know, I, I've taken some pictures with it. I haven't taken a billion pictures with it. I've taken a few dozen. Uh, the camera as a step up from the five is amazing. Yeah. Like amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, I've really been enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, like, this is finally a phone that I would walk around with and take pictures and be proud of the quality I got out of it from the point of view of just, you know, sharing with people or making small prints. Like, this is a perfectly usable phone that I'm considering taking as my only camera on my trip. I think that's a terrific idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. A highlight roll off is a lot more natural. It feels like it is. Looks like it is. Yeah. I mean, if you go down, if you really zoom into 100%, it still looks a little like a phone camera, but there's enough pixels there that sure. it makes up for it. Yeah. Uh, what, the panoramas now are like 60-something megs. They're yeah. giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I took one. I took a panorama from the top of the Whitney yesterday, um, and it looks it looks incredible. I mean, it, you know, it's a city skyline, um, so yeah. it looks really cool. But, uh, but just the quality of it is fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I have been pretty blown away by it. What, what do you think about this whole force touch thing? Does this do anything for you? I think it's uh, it's a revolutionary feature. I really do. And I, I don't mean to gush about it, but I think it's going to change the the way certain aspects of your your interaction with your phone are handled. I, I love the idea of, of force touching on an app and having... Uh, uh, or 3D touching, got to get out of the habit. Uh, 3D touching on an app and and having a selection of of uh, choices of things that you can do, yeah, uh, and and going directly to that to that choice, yeah. Um, I, I think it's fantastic, and I think once app developers get a hold of it, uh, there are going to be some really more intuitive. Uh, ways to to maneuver through apps and and to to enhance functionality. So I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Is it, as somebody who the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that now long presses and force presses, like to to a novice, like I I handed it to a bunch of people and I said, you know, here, you know, push on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. and they would press and just hold it, not knowing that they were supposed to actually put like energy right. into and it. it goes into like shake and it goes button. into the shake mode right i right. feel like the right. shake mode needs to they need to come up with a better way to get into shake mode because now pressing and holding on an icon can get that confused you know what i mean um i never it's like there it always seemed like a weird way to get into it now like have 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 a little button on the notifications that turns on shake or something i don't know there's something about it that just feels um but other than that it's yeah it's super it's so fast compared to my five uh i i love the uh like when you're, I just did it right now. If you're, if you're in mail yeah. and you do like a slight press to, yeah, to, the to peak and pop, peak, 
but then you if you if you're if you're in peak mode and you swipe to the left it deletes the message oh interesting yeah, so I wonder if like the like. Gmail app will get the peak and pop. I'm sure they will eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the camera, it's interesting because um, this is now, like you and I have, I mean, look, we've been talking about this for four years. Four years ago, I didn't like the results I got from phones just because like the image quality wasn't great and it bothered me. Um, well, it it wasn't great for what you were comparing it to. I think I think yeah. four years ago for Instagram, for Facebook, for the way that they that most people were using it, I think the image quality was fantastic. Yeah, I guess I, I just just I, it is the highlights and and just like the nasty noise and shadows and stuff that you used to get a few years ago that that has been greatly improved over the years. Um, mm-hmm. And um, now that we're finally getting to a phone that is, uh, you know, that that even I. <laughs> Uh, right. think is think is pretty good um it's interesting it's like this is the this is you know i i am fine carrying this around and i will probably shoot more with it now that i can carry it around you know in yep. a way that you know it's funny i had that uh little sony thing what was the the rx100 yeah um, uh, the model three i think is that the iteration yeah, did i have? have the two or the three i may two have had the i don't two. remember um i think that this is I mean, th- that thing was like 20 megapixels. This is whatever it is. But like, I didn't think that the images out of that were that much better than I'm getting out of this. And this is my phone that's in my pocket all the time. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I, I've never s- seen or shot with one of those. So I can't. And just, well, yeah. But I mean, just even just the advantage of having it not only in your pocket, but in your pocket, but then you have all the stuff you can do stuff with it. Right. Built in as opposed right. to, oh, you can install this app and transfer via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth from the. Ca-. It's right. like, no, it's just in here. It's also having the digital darkroom, the sharing. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, it, it makes it makes the carrying a camera around thing much more reasonable. Uh, assuming, of course, that you're fine with a wide angle sort of 28 millimeter kind of frame field of view, which is which is great for many things, but is terrible for other things. You know what I mean? Like well, then when you're you, traveling you, you maybe digital pick zoom. up one of the one of the, or, or the or moment little, lenses. Yeah. You know, what is the deal with all those lenses? I mean, I know people who have them, but like, are there ones that are the ones to get? Uh, apparently moment are the ones to get. Okay. Uh, let me and they, they have a wide angle and they also have a telly. Uh, I think they're about $100. They've got a little a little piece that, uh, that clamps onto the top of the phone and then I believe it's a thread mount that you just, it, or because or, I don't think it's a small bayonet. I think it's a little oh, thread I mount. Oh, I see. So wait, if you have your phone in a case already though, does that kind of screw you? Uh, I, I would imagine it depends on the case, but it because okay. the, the 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 holster, for lack of a better word, mounting holster, uh, yeah. looks like it's got some some heft to it. They also have a case. Moment makes their own case. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. One. I see the case. Yeah, is it on the site? Oh, yeah, there it is on the site. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, these things are interesting. Um, what else do they make? There's a. There's a. There's a wide angle and then there's a, there's a, yeah, a, t- a telly. I mean, it's, for me, the telly is much more interesting than the, um, uh, than the, than the, uh, wide angle. I mean, it's wide enough, the current one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't need to go wider. I'd like to go longer. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if that would be a worthwhile thing to get. Maybe I can call them and see if they'll give me one for the trip to try. If, if the, now, uh, 
I, I've got another thing here in the show notes. I just watched this. I'm, uh, Jack Hollingsworth, big fan of Jack. Uh, yep. Follow him on Twitter at Photo Jack. Jack was one of the first um, big photographers, for lack of a better word, to to embrace the iPhone that I ever heard of. Yep. Uh, there, there may have been others, but he was the first one that I had heard of. And he talks about, he did a talk at uh, uh, SVA in New York a week or two ago. And he talks about his uh, moment of conversion, he calls it. It happened February 18th, 2011. And he was, he was shooting uh, a job in Barbados. He had nine cases of gear sent over. And the one case that didn't arrive had his cameras in it. Now, he, he was carrying a 5D2, I think it was. Yep. But he, he never really used it. And he was frustrated because the client was kind of hovering. And, and uh, he was sitting at sunset and took this shot with his iPhone, which up to that point, he had never used as a camera. He'd never taken a shot with it. Uh, and, and said that it just blew his mind. And since then, he has embraced mobile photography, specifically iPhone photography. And... Uh, to fantastic results. And he, he, he was just hired, uh, spent a month in India by this, this luxury hotel resort chain to travel around India and stay at their luxury hotels and resorts. And he shot the entire thing on an iPhone. And video, stills, the whole shebang, right? And it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. And... Uh, what do you do with that? What do you do when 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 the the tool and you know a lot of you listeners are going to sit there and shake your heads and go it's not photography it's not blah, 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 whatever but what do you do when when that tool becomes ubiquitous not only with with amateur and hobbyist photographers but with professional photographers I mean here's a guy who's been shooting since 1973. Yep. And has done professional work. And, and that professional is not in quotes. He's done commercial professional jobs with his phone. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do with that? It's a it's a, it's a whole new world, right? Um, I think that, you know, look, for the democratization, look, there are there is a place in the world for all of these things. Right. I mean, this is sure. obvious stuff. Um. I think for it, 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 it comes down to what you're, what you're, what you're comfortable with, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, who your, who your client is and for what reason they need the pictures. You know, I mean, these are all things, you know, um, it's, it's interesting to me, uh, how, how these people that, that, yeah, these guys who were used to bigger, fancier systems, now go down to just a phone, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's arguably a differentiation thing for them, too, you know? I'm the guy who shoots the whole thing with the phone, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a bad marketing call, either. Um, and, and don't think that that's not a thing, because, you know, on his Instagram, he says, only iPhone photography, you know? <laughs> like, the, right. you know, he's, he's very proud of the fact that he's shooting with just an iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. I, st- I mean, and I still think that we are in a transition period and to take nothing away from Jack Collingsworth, I think he's great too. Um, but I think we're in that transition period where in some ways he's been talking about this for a few years now in the same right. way. And right. interestingly enough, the, in the opening of, uh, that video, uh, he gets introduced by, uh, Trin Eisman, right. uh, who, who is also a big, 
who runs the SVA uh, Masters Photography Program, um, and 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 you know is is a big fan of all this kind of stuff too. Um, it, again, it when it gets to the point in say a year or two where people are just like, yeah, big deal, you shoot with your phone. So does mm-hmm. everybody. We all shoot with our phones. You know what I mean? Where where it's no longer the exception. It's just sort of the rule. And I think it's the rule for a lot of photographers now who have these phones in their pockets. They're always shooting with them, you know. Right. And as the quality gets better, there's a curve that happens where it'll get to the point where Jack, Jack Hollingsworth will be like, yeah, dude, we get it. You shoot with your phone like that's old news. Right. You know, right. Okay. where it's okay. just it's so ubiquitous that that's no longer something that needs to be pointed out, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that quality wise, we're getting there. You know, like it's it's there for a lot of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I look I for for walking around photography for maybe travel photography for street photography, that kind of stuff. Fantastic. You know, are there places where bigger cameras are useful? Absolutely. You know, and portraiture. Don't forget portraiture. <laughs> yeah, it's great for portraiture. But like go look I at, go look at uh, Keatley's iPhone sure. portraits. They're yeah. fantastic. No, they are. Right, but but like the other day, I did a I had a magazine shoot where I was using, you know, five lights in a dark uh, uh, jazz club where I you know, and it's like, and I was tethered to a laptop because the client wanted to see what we were doing as we were doing it, and like we were you know playing with stuff and pulling up the shadows and that kind of stuff. Would I have wanted to do that on a phone? No. Could I right. have done it on a phone? Right. I guess so. You know, you know, but like, am I going to get better results from a bigger camera? Yeah, I will. You know, um, so there's, there's, it's all, it's all how you, how you play it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. I don't know. I've been, I've been happy. Have you been playing with a lot of apps too? Uh, I use, I don't use a lot of apps. I Cause, use, cause uh, even the Jack, Hollingsworth, Jack Hollingsworth at the end of his thing is like, here's the app kit I use. And it's like 30 apps. And I'm like, well, it, yeah, but he's very, he's very clear in that in saying that he uses the the stock camera app the most for for capture there are a lot of apps for for processing. manipulation sure yeah i use um the main app that i use for for manipulation processing uh i use two uh nlight and photograph okay um photograph i like because it's rather than a series of of filters or presets it's more akin to to uh, tools you would find in a darkroom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, there are base sort of presets to start with, but they're not real crazy. They're they're very not minimal, but but very subtle. And then you can go in and tweak exposure, contrast, white balance, uh, you know, highlights, shadows. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know. I t- I've tended to. I was I was I liked the uh, Adobe Photoshop one that a lot of people don't like the little Photoshop one. You know what I'm talking about? What uh, is it called? F- yeah, photo. Is it the the because they make two? Yeah, it's the uh, let's see, photo. It's Photoshop Express, PS okay. Express. Okay. Um, I used that one for a while, and now when I put stuff on Instagram. I don't use the filters, but I will go in and like play with highlights and shadow and, and structure and whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. Um, Even Instagram has gotten better about yeah. granular adjustments. And sure. that, that's what I was going to say is that like every time somebody says, Oh no, you need to use, I don't know, 
Visco or you need to use this, whatever it is. Whenever I try a new one, I'm like, it's all kind of the same controls, just with a different interface. It feels to me similar. Okay, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, where where I don't particularly see an advantage of one over the other as far as like image quality or 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 manipulation power. You know, they're all okay. like, okay, you got exposure, you got contrast, you got shadow opening up. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Um, uh, so to the point where I just given up and I just use Instagram for everything. I've got a folder full of stuff, uh, you know, cross process and I even hipstamatic and, and Visco and, and Photoshop one and all these things. But like most of the time I just use the main camera and then I'll just use the built in stuff in Instagram if I'm going to post it, you know? Right. Um, cause you can get lost in the options. Because oh, there sure. are because there are just like way too many apps. Yeah, you know? yeah. There, there, there are hundreds available, and probably dozens that you and all of your friends could go back and forth talking about. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of feels like the old days when when Photoshop plugins were a bigger thing. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't use a lot of. Actually, I don't know if I install any Photoshop plugins when I install Photoshop. I just use it stock. Um, but there are some people who are just like really into you know, the Photoshop plugin architecture, say 15 years ago, you know, and it was like, even if you were pirating software, you'd pirate like 50 Photoshop plugins. Right. 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 But like a lot of them really all they were, it's not like they were doing any manipulation you couldn't do in Photoshop. Most of the time, it's just sort of like they were sort of a recipe to do it, you know? Um, and I feel like in some ways the, the the stuff going on on the phones has gotten back down to the point where it's like oh it's a three dollar app here and a four dollar app there and a ninety nine cent app here and a free one there all to do like one little thing like you, you like you're buying a pencil and you're buying a pen and you're buying a scalpel and you're buying a whatever and at a certain point I'm just like can I just spend ten bucks and get the one right <laughs> that has all this shit in it excuse me uh, all this stuff in it you know I don't know well just- and and yeah it, there aren't you know. I don't know that there are apps that that you could say you only yeah. need this one thing. Like what is, what I, I use one Google called one? Uh, uh, oh geez, what is it for doing architecture? Yeah. It is called Skew. Okay, and it actually and does. Skewing. It allows you to you know straighten up edges or correct for parallax or, or yeah. you know things like that. Um, that th- those features I haven't found them built into another app in the same way that they work. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty slick. You know, um, Snapseed is also a real good app. Yeah, uh, and and you can use that on the iPad. And Wait, what still... is the one that 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 Google bought though? Snapseed. Uh, Snapseed. Okay. Did oh they wait, buy... no, no, wait, Nick. Nick. Okay. Yeah. Or did and those are free too, aren't well. they? The Nick filters. No, you have to buy them. Okay. I can't keep track of all this stuff. See, that's the thing. I can't keep track of any of it. <laughs> I'm just terrible. Well, uh, yeah. I. I mean. I don't know. I've been very impressed with the six, and I've been shooting uh, uh, a lot. Sir, it's the six S. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, get it right. Sorry, six. Uh, no, I, I've I'm, I've been very impressed. I'm very happy with it. Still, did you happen to see the waterproof? Quite expensive. Uh, I did. They what? Well, they stuck it in a thing for a half an hour. A uh, guy took a six S and a six S plus each in a bowl of water for an hour, uh, and they came out unscathed. Although the the next day he did a follow up, and the next day. The six S, not plus, had a, a strange diagonal line on the display. Yeah, but it, I think, and, I think and it's Apple a bad idea a, to stick an electronic thing underground. They filed what? They Apple filed a patent for waterproofing 
cell phones. So maybe this is kind of a beta test. Maybe maybe they've they've integrated the beginnings of this technology into the 6S and 6S Plus, and they're tracking you know how much water damage people report or people show up at the Apple Store yeah. with over the next year to see I, how well it works. I don't think it would have saved my mom's five. Wait, what was the what was the cheap one? The five C. Her 5C from dropping in the ocean. I think that'll still do it to you. I think that'll do it. The yeah. corrosion gets on the pins. So even if it doesn't get inside, it corrodes the, uh, the copper on the, uh, on the charging port. It's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. All this stuff's no. great. Uh, so some guy, look at this. TV station shelves expensive gear to report the news with iPhones. <clears throat> sure. More people, a lot of jobs. <laughs> Selfie sticks and, uh, and, and you know, hey, for, for a small one-man show or, or a small, yeah. what, what a great solution. Uh, Rode, uh, they just came out with a new, uh, it's called the I, IXY. I don't even know if it's out yet. But uh, you can use uh, XLR mics. And it's got a little little preamp on the bottom of it, headphone jack, uh, 20 dB gain, and it's got a lightning connector on the end of it. Plug it right into your phone. Oh, that's a good idea. I've been wondering, you know, for a long time, there weren't a lot of microphones with uh, with the um, lightning connector. There were a lot of like old dock connector ones, but the, for right. like a year and a half, there was like nothing for for uh, for lightning. But now they're coming out with ones. It's good. Yeah, great. Yeah, so, hey, less stuff to carry around, right? And why not? Why Absolutely. not? I mean, look, just because the tools are available doesn't mean that you have to ditch what you know, what you love, what you're comfortable with, what you've been using. Doesn't yep. mean that you have to ditch that. Nope, just adds but, more. You know, if if you're if you're open to trying new stuff and and maybe discover that you get great results or or new or different creativity emerges out of it, then why not? Yeah, yeah, I agree. The uh, so what's this? What's with the Bruce Gilden thing? You have have you seen these? Have been going around for a while. These Bruce Gilden pictures. Yeah, I've uh, seen the pictures. He, he took over uh, Instagram. God, I've been. I gotta tell you, man, I've been loving Instagram lately. Uh, maybe maybe we start. Maybe every once in a while we could do like here are a couple photographers on Instagram that you might want to check out. Sure. All right. Um, so he took over. Magnum does this thing where, where uh, different photographers can kind of take over their feeds. And a lot of people are doing it. Smithsonian does it. Nat Geo does it. A lot of people do it. Um, and they've been showing these Bruce Gilden pictures. Oh, I don't like them. <laughs> okay. I don't like them at all. Uh, so I, these I, are these are close up pictures of people looking pretty bad, harsh, very harsh lighting. Uh, yeah, they're in the Guardian posted this this article called "A Latter Day Freak Show." Bruce Gilden's extreme portraits are relentlessly cruel, and I think they are. I think they are intentionally unflattering, and maybe that's your point of view, but I don't know. You know, in a in a YouTube video, he he was talking video following Bruce around New York City shooting, and uh, he said, "I have no ethics when it comes to photography." Yeah, he just wants to get the shot. Just wants to get the shot, and you know, he's he's considered you know upper echelon, right? He's considered one of the one of the guys, one, one of the big street guys, one, yep, one of the big street guys, and. Hmm. 
What is your concern with it, that these people look bad and that's mean? To put it simply. Well, that's, yeah, I guess that's part of it. And, and what's the through line? What's, what's the point of this work? Well, that's, I mean, that's a big question. All right. Yeah. That's where you're going with it. Um, <laughs> that, that's kind of where I'm going with it. What, I think you know, people, look, we have talked about it before. I think people like shock. They like the thing that's different. They like the thing that's going to get press, you know, um, taking unflattering pictures of people on the street when you're a famous guy. It's like, look, photography isn't just about the glossy pages of the magazine. Real people look like this. You know, it's like all that kind of huffing but, but real people don't look like this in the way that he's shot them, sure. in the way he, that he's, he's showing. You're right. He's shot 500 people and he's chosen the worst 50 pictures or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, he I, wants I mean, people to look bad. Is, is what yeah. You're yeah, and and the, the, there's a reference in in the article uh, of his Coney Island book. Yep. Which, if you look at the photographs presented on that page, still very sort of raw and 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 you know unfiltered, as it were, but not mean. But not. I, I guess there's a difference in tone. These are intentionally. Uh, harshly lit, harshly sharpened, harshly framed, and and I just maybe I'm missing the boat. Maybe I'm just not getting it. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe. Well, do you have to get it? You know, I mean, isn't it fine just to say, yeah, this I don't like these. I think it is. I mean, for me, it is. And I, and I'm you know, and, and I guess when I when I look at these pictures, yeah, and maybe this is part of it. When I look at these pictures. It doesn't inspire me to want to go see any more of his work. Okay, yeah, but it doesn't know, want me to. It doesn't want. It, it doesn't inspire me to go any further, any deeper. I see this and I'm turned off by the it do, work. It doesn't move you to attentiveness. No. Right. No. <sighs> Whereas if I started with the Coney Island pictures, you'd get pulled in. I would go, hmm, yeah, but, there's, a, hey, there's me, something here. Yeah, but to somebody else, they might say, oh, man, I love how raw these are. I'm That's sick true. and tired of, you know, the Photoshopification of portraiture. You, what, you don't think there's Photoshopification here? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure there's processing, but I mean, to the average layman, mm-hmm. they didn't, they, you know what I mean? These are, not glossy, these are not glossy, you know? I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, it's um, I, I agree with you. The question is whether or not... Bruce, you say he has what is he morals? What is the word he uses? He says he says I have no ethics. <laughs> ethics is it an ethical question, or is it a taste question? Um, I think maybe the ethics part of it comes in the way he shoots, sort of flash and camera right in yeah. your face. Like, excuse me, bow. Not even excuse me, just yeah. boom, just in, and. I don't know. It, it to to me, this this work is. I don't know. It's almost showing a lack of respect for the subject. Of course, it is. He doesn't. You know? Well, he doesn't care about the subject. Right. He wants and, to get the I, picture. And and for me, you know, I I, I talked to when I talked to Sam uh, Faulkner about this. Um, 
you know, he's talking about his work as lessening the gap. He wants his work to lessen the gap between the viewer and the subject. Whereas this seems to create, it does the opposite. It creates oh, a bigger gap. Okay, in, unless you see it as Bruce is getting rid of the layers of crap that come between the reality of these people's faces and w- what you're seeing with your own eyes. You know, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. up there looking at their zits on the kid on the left or whatever it is, right? And 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 you and I think, oh man, I would. I'm glad if I was that kid, I'd be really upset about this, right? Right. Um, but but you know you're certainly getting right into where that you feel the way that kid probably feels half the time, you know, by looking at that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't disagree with you from the point of view of what I I don't particularly like these either. But you know, it, it, okay, let me ask you a question. If I am if I'm taking pictures of some guy for a magazine and I'm trying to make him look good, right? Um, Am I trying to make him look good because that's what the magazine wants and I'm going to give it to them and I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to get him to look at me the way I need him to look at me so that I get the picture done? Is that really me having respect for the subject? I'm not saying that I do that, but I'm saying mm-hmm. in some – is that me having respect for the subject or is me? Am I, is the subject just a piece of meat to me too? It's just that I choose to go for more of a glossy final product than they do, you know? Well, or, I, th- I think there's some middle ground that's missing. Yeah. Okay. Between those two, but between the kid that that you're you used as the example here, and and what you're saying about making some people look. I mean, yeah. I, I remember seeing. Uh, well, well, hold on a second. What if, what if he was doing this as uh, an attempt to make you feel for these people, like an empathetic sort of goal? Is it the goal that bothers you or the results that bother you? I think it's maybe the purpose that bothers me. Okay. Okay. So if we, if we take, um, uh, going back to this middle ground a little bit, uh, remember in darkness and light when Avedon met with, uh, the girl that was used on the cover of in the American West. Yep. With the, the girl with the freckles sure. in, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the overalls. And she was just, you know, re- recounting how horrified she was at seeing that picture. And that picture, I think, was a middle ground between what you and I are talking about here. It, it wasn't as extreme as what Gildan's doing, nor was it as polished as, as what you just suggested in, in the, the scene you just, you just described. It was... I don't know... Uh, maybe honest but not intentionally so raw okay yeah and yeah. I, I i think for me it comes it comes down to purpose now if you look at uh something like brian adams recent photo book uh which is called oh gosh uh the one of uh the, the soldiers yeah you know yeah, which yeah. one i'm sure. talking about yeah, yeah. we talked about it yep yeah. If you if you look at at that, uh, yes, the photos are in some ways disturbing because they are are you know people who have been disfigured by combat, by by war, etc. Um, but the purpose was not to wounded is what it's called wounded the legacy of war. Um, the purpose was not to 
I don't know, demean them or or point out the flaws. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what's I wrong wa- with pointing out the flaws? I'm, I, I, nothing, I don't like it, but like, is it, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong okay. with it. Dean Arbus, when she's shooting, you know, the super tall guy in his parents' living room, or you know what I'm saying, like all those mm-hmm. kinds of mm-hmm. like what she called freaks, right? Yeah, you know, is that is that okay? You know, I mean, the ethics of this. I, I, <laughs> well, look, ultimately, it's I agree with you, work. but I don't know why I agree with you. Yeah, ultimately, it's brilliant work because we're sitting here talking about it. It has evoked a reaction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in in that way, uh, for me, it's art. It's it's we can yeah. call it art because we're sitting here talking about how we are reacting to it on on uh, whether it's a superficial level, whether it's a deep emotional yeah. level. Maybe it's calling up, you know, maybe I'm relating to the kid. Maybe I'm relating to yeah. uh, the the the, you know, some of these other people. Maybe it's calling up sort of sense memory for us. Sure. I, you know, I, I look at these. The funny thing is I look at these and. um I see it not as an individual, like, wow, that guy's ugly or whatever. It's not that. It's more of a, wow, see see how different and raw and actually we're just weird animals? You know, that's kind of what I get out of it. Hmm. You know, like, these are all just like the faces of dogs to me. You see what I'm saying? Like, like look at, like, yes, that old woman with her hair curlers, she's still human, but like, all of the quote-unquote flaws make her something on the edge of what you would you would never you would never draw her somebody said here draw me a picture of a human woman you would never draw that and yet that's what she is you know what i'm saying like this is like it's sort of the it's 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 lining the 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 periphery of of humanity and what we what we choose to call humans now yes again i still think that they're not attractive and i don't personally like them and i would never buy a book of this right but whether or not it's wrong in some weird ethical way or, or whether whether an artist or a photographer in this case needs to have empathy for his subjects. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we know some that do and some are doing it for a good reason or whatever it is. But then other ones are just like, I don't give a crap. Right. I'm trying to right. get the picture I'm going to get and screw you all, which you and I don't like. But is it wrong? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I, and I don't, I, and if I have, if I have said or even alluded to, you know, that it's wrong and he shouldn't be allowed to do it, I don't mean that at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you, but, but it, there's a certain amount of it's wrong and he shouldn't have bothered doing it. Well, there's a paragraph in here, if I may, uh, yep. Gildan may be shoving these broken faces in our faces to confront us with what we usually choose to look away from, but his style seems to work against any intention to humanize his subjects. First and foremost, I feel uncomfortable as a viewer, not because of the poverty or the abuse etched onto the landscapes of these faces, but because their perceived ugliness is paraded as a kind of latter-day freak show. See, the funny thing is, is that I, I see it as, as bringing about their humanity in the sense that they're all just humans. They're not like some weird idealized version of humans, you know? So but it's the, but the different- way that they've been shot and processed I, I feel so, like it enhances that. Yes, it does. Beyond what you would see if you saw them on the street. <sighs> yeah. This, this is a hypersensitized or a hyper-realized version of, of how you would, you would encounter these men and women on the streets. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. It's, it's, they're interesting. 
it's I funny that we're talking about it, though. I tell you that. I yeah, I don't like them though. I I don't <laughs> like them. I don't yeah. like them at all. But I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his work. Reaction. Period. But yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, let us know. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. We'll probably get some people that want to chime in. I hope some people are going to yell about it. They're going to yell fine. at us. I like yell. when people yell at us. Yell. You like when people this, yell at us? I, you know, I just don't get it. I don't get it. What percentage of stuff that you see do you think you just don't get? Like, like if, like if the photography world is a big giant circle with dots in it, like what part of it are you actually looking at that you like? Is it twenty five percent that I like? Yeah, that 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 you look at and and keep looking at. You know, we're, oh, more than twenty five percent. More than twenty five percent. Oh think? yeah, I th- the the bulk of photography that I look at, I am fascinated by, and I'm intrigued by, and and it inspires me. And you know, it. it I think the, it, it's an interesting world. It's a beautiful world. It's a it's a fascinating world. Yes, it's ugly, and yes, it's it's horrific, and yes, it can be challenging. But the bulk of the photography that I see, it's look this show. Okay. Yep. This show and and talking to you every day or every week or whatever it is uh, has largely been what's inspired me to get back into photography as heavily as I have. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm seeing more and more. I'm looking at more and more every day. I go look at photography every day. I go read about art or sculpture or dance or whatever and. So I think the, the the vast majority of the things that I look at, I I enjoy, and I can find something in them that I that I like that I uh, can relate to. Yeah. Uh, so five percent maybe that I just don't get, or that I just have no interest in in pursuing. And again, you know, going back to Gildan, had I started with another body of his work, it would inspire me to go deeper. But if this was my introduction to him as a photographer, I wouldn't go any further. Yeah. I think that's true of a lot of photographers though. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like I like the Avedon stuff on white, but it's not my favorite stuff he did. Right. I much Um, prefer the earlier stuff when he was out in Paris. So if he was only the guy who ever did anything on white, I probably wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't have done as much for me. Right. You know, so yeah, it, it comes around. Um, anyway, sorry to sorry to rant about that for a while, guys. But I just it's just gonna, they've been going around. They're everywhere, and it's like every time I fired up Instagram for the last I don't know week or two, like you see these things, and I'm just like ugh, ugh. Uh, yeah, the sponsorship. Yeah, how how does that work? Wait, he was spo- who was sponsoring Instagram there? What, who's was it just on his feed because you follow him? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, it was it, Magnum. Magnum was putting it up. Okay, yeah, he okay, was on okay. he was on the Magnum feed. Ah, uh, the Magnum feed. It's interesting that Magnum seems to have gone from uh, a, a consortium to take pictures to sell them to news to now being a consortium of quasi famous photographers who are shooting for art. Well, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that that shift, and maybe there's still a part of it that that is that that previous sort of mode. Yeah, but it sure seems like it's not th- what it's about anymore. Yeah, it seems to have changed. Yeah, it seems to have changed. We'll put Bruce's uh, website up here too. We like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about a sponsor. Let's do that. Pond Five is sponsoring us today. Uh, so basically, creativity starts there. 
is 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 the thing. Is that their tagline? Creativity starts here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Creativity. They've got a couple. What, what, what is the other one? Faster than you can say action. I like that one. Yeah. I do You'll too. be saving money and time faster than you can say action. Well, we'll get to yeah, that in I a like second. I like that. Yeah. Uh, if you're producing online content, there's no better creative resource than Pond5 people. From video clips and motion graphic templates to music and sound effects, Pond5 has all the amazing media you need to perfect your creative productions without exhausting your budget or your time. Say you're making an interview show like Jeffrey does and you just need some music from behind the intros. You go to Pond5 and you, you know, buy a song from some creator who could use the money and now you're both happy. Uh, Pond5 supports its global community of artists with some of the highest payouts in the industry, meaning that you'll always find the highest quality and most diverse content. Plus, Pond5 provides you with a royalty-free license that lets you use your media wherever, whenever you need it. So if you're like, oh, I made this thing and I need to put it up on YouTube, like not a problem. Uh, and it's fast and affordable, even more so with exclusive code for 25% off your next purchase. Just visit pond5.com, enter the code OTP at checkout, and you'll be saving money and time faster than you can say action. Right. It's, 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 hey, they, they've what? got a clip up. Where is that uh, silver? Oh, gosh. What's the is it silver? That big sign over the subway. It was in Highlander. Silver... Uh, I don't know which exactly you're meaning. Here, they have me, it up on their site it's now. It's well, it's it's one of the, I was just searching for New York City oh, okay. uh, yeah. footage. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me show, show me. Here, look at that. Uh, I just pasted it in. Let's. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know where that. You know which one I'm talking that, about? Yeah, that looks like it's. Wait, what train is this? This is the seven train. So this is probably over in Queens. Yeah, this. So this, this is, is where right uh, where where Connor and and the Kurgan were were fighting up on that sign. Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that after the ad read. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. See, this, and you can buy this or, or license this 39 bucks for the HD. Yeah. You, you couldn't go out and shoot that for 39 bucks. Well, that's bucks. the thing. You, like, you're making a movie about New York and you just need to set up that it's in New York and it all takes place in an apartment. You go spend $60 on a couple establishing shots and suddenly it's in New York. You know, right, right. Like this is this is amazing stuff for filmmakers and, and, and creators out there. Yeah. Uh, so Pond5, just to remind you guys, Pond5 is a one stop shop for all your creative media needs. You'll save time, money and stress with a single worry free license. And Pond5, don't forget, supports this international artist community with some of the highest payouts in the industry. So thank you very much to Pond5 for supporting 5x5 and not taking pictures. Uh, they got some great stuff. And if you've got some creative material yourself, go sell it on Pond5. Make some money for yourself. Um, so, so if we, when we shoot our pilot for Welcome Back Wadman, we can, uh, <laughs> we can go over there. Welcome back, welcome back, <laughs> welcome back. Now you know it's in New York. That right? song is so sad. <laughs> That song still like makes me feel sad, like the Chico and the Man song. <laughs> oh, Chico and the Man. Uh, uh, <laughs> the man right? he ain't so hard to understand. <laughs> Come on, where, where were you living Feliciano? when 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 Chico and the Man was out? That was late seventies. Azusa. Azusa. Okay. Uh, 239 South Cerritos Avenue in Azusa, California. So this was sort of your little world. Like the, you could imagine the world that Chico was living in. Absolutely. Because yeah. it, Azusa at the time, well, it still is, but at the time uh, was was Hispanic families. Um, we were one of the only white families on, on, our, on our street in that area of the street. Um, and it was great. 
It yeah. was great. I have I have so many great memories. Um, yeah. So cool. Hey, what I was going to say, did you see the, uh, uh, the, uh, ah, shoot. What's the, um, what's the gang, the gang movie from the seventies, the, the warriors, the warriors. Did you see the new, the warriors riding the subway? Yeah. Once the again, last, the last ride, the last back ride to of Coney the Island. <laughs> that, that, the subway stop they got on is two stops away from where I live. Uh, uh, it, it was pretty cool. They were all complaining going up the stairs. They're like, yeah. oh, my so knees like, hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I can't nice. believe we ran up these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just kinda thought that. Neat. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, it's just funny where they do the last ride of the Warriors. And it's like these old guys. Right. Uh, that's funny. Whoever yeah. whoever put that together is pretty genius. Uh, uh, I got a Rolling Michael Stone Beck link here. Showed up. Yeah. Uh, all right. I will put that in the show notes just for fun because that's just silly. Uh, all right, what do we got? Well, you here? know, what? that's a that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good thing. What the Warriors? The Warriors, yeah, it was a good movie. A lot of uh, actual uh, guys in that actual um, gang members in the, in the big like scene in the beginning towards the beginning where they have like a, like piles of people like in sort of like an amphitheater kind of thing right uh, they're, they're can the, you dig it yeah so those, those are like actual uh guy gang guys from from the bronx I it's a long way from the bronx down to coney island that's like a hour and a half two hour ride on the subway it's like the opposite side of the city it's kind of funny that these people would be fighting they probably didn't even know each other existed to get there i know right <laughs> yeah and yeah. I, I love the, the they're on their the, way the, the radio dj you know, okay, boppers. Like yeah. just talking to him throughout the flick. It's, it's it. sort of like a American. Uh, what's the what's the uh, George Lucas one? American Graffiti. American Graffiti for for the late seventies. Similar, sure, sure. Yeah, good cast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Evil. Uh, All right, so your Mad Max thing is now available in black and white. Is this true? Speaking of of terrific flicks, uh, the uh, yeah the Mad Max Fury Road. So George Miller talked about his his ultimate vision for the film was this black and white cut that he wanted to include uh, on the Blu-ray. And you had said that before we started recording that it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah, I read in one of the links you put up initially that um, he tried to get it on the Blu-ray, but he couldn't or something. Which is odd. I mean, if you've got the cut, what's the downside of including it? You got the space. God, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, the, you know, the game of Hollywood, you know, could, could be the rights to the, what you know what I mean? Some random thing in it. I don't know. You know, right. I don't know what the problem is. Anyway, so it's, uh, thankfully uh, the internet's, maybe, maybe Miller's the one who leaked it. There is a black and white version and it's, you know, it seems to be, wouldn't you think this is kind of official because it's got sound effects, it's got the music. How would how would just a person unless they were you are you able to listen to a to a five point one stream and just strip out the center channel for okay dialogue? so so it, there's no dialogue but it's got everything else yeah it's got music it's got yeah. sound effects it's called Mad Max Black and Chrome yeah uh, and it was on Vimeo I found out about it from Austin Cleon writer who wrote uh, 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 Steal Like an Artist yeah you know that book yep. He tweeted about it and said, hey, here's this thing. You might want to go download it because it's going to be gone soon. Uh, and yeah. the, the video was up. It was like a 1.2 gigabyte HD stream. 
Um, I will tell you, I, I mean, I, I like the movie in the sense that I'm glad I saw it. I don't need to see that movie again. It's, it is amazing how different it feels, A, in black, in and, black white. and white, yeah. but B, uh, without the dialogue. It feels like these sort of uh, uh, serials from the 30s. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, you know when you go to certain bars or you, there used to be these restaurants when I was a kid called Ground Round. Do they have those out west? Mm-mm. There was this there was this restaurant called the Ground Round in the in the Northeast, and it was like this you know crappy sort of chain restaurant. But one of the things that they did was they had like cartoons and weird things playing on TVs all over the place, like silently. Okay. And uh, but a lot of times they were like black and white. This is like the early '80s or whatever it is. You know, like these old like 1930s cartoons that were in public domain. I'm assuming. And but there's there was sort of strange thing where if you watch it without sound it just becomes this sort of abstract kind of thing you'd see in an art museum you know like where right. they'll they'll do this but they'll put some like relaxing beethoven or bach over the top of it and you're just like what a weird juxtaposition i imagine that this is is similar kind of feeling yeah 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 here you're sending me a link here yeah cuz yeah. we we yeah we watched this when we talked about it whatever it was uh, a few months ago when when this came up initially uh yeah, it just it feels this it almost feels more like a comic book in black and white than it did in color. It kind of does. And I I love the I, I mean the only thing that's missing are sort of little little dialogue cards and then you'd have this sort of silent film kind of aesthetic. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, dialogue cards. You know, oh Max, you know whatever. Um but it's it's a it's a fascinating take on on the film and you know, I, I posted a few, what was it, a few weeks ago now, a month or so ago, when, when the assignment was vintage process. Yep. And, and posted a black and white shot and asked you know, in, in the, the description, is black and white still a vintage process? And yeah. most people said no, but I would challenge you to watch this and not feel like you're watching something old. older. Even black and white now, when you shoot things, a lot of times you're shooting things like a building and you convert it to black and white. You're doing so so that it feels timeless. Largely. Sure. I can see that. I can see that. And so, you know, the, the, the idea of like turning this whole movie, which, which even color is certainly, I mean, the color certainly adds to this movie in a different, I mean, it adds a completely different angle. Mm-hmm. To the whole thing. I mean, the, all the explosions and the color of the desert and the blue and the you know the 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 cyan and magenta and orange thing. You know, um, yeah, it's a different game. It's uh, yeah. So we'll put a link in the show notes. People can go check that out. Yeah. Now I will also include you. I don't know if we haven't included this in a previous. Let me take a look at this, Bill. Um, Steven Soderbergh, director, uh, did his own black and white cut of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, okay. I'll put it in again, with, though. With a different uh, different soundtrack behind it. And his point of, of doing this was to kind of highlight uh, what an amazing DP Doug Slocum was. Yeah, yeah. The, the DP who shot it. And saying yeah. that, you know, look, even if you strip away everything, look at what a master of 
of light and and framing this guy was. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it was uh, uh, Conrad's birthday this, uh, well, yesterday, her 40th birthday right. yesterday. And, um, Happy birthday, Connie. Yeah. And uh, on, on Saturday, we had some friends over for dinner, and I made these really great short ribs, which I've totally nailed now. I know how to make them good. Um, but we watched Jaws because Heather's mother went to... Um, uh, went into labor the night after she watched Jaws because she was like late to have. Oh, wow. Out. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, this is a really beautiful movie. And I, I like and I never really oh, yeah. watched it. I mean, I did watch it, but like I never really like thought about it. Um, and the the guy's name, <clears throat> excuse me, Bill Butler. He shot the conversation. He shot the three yeah, Rocky Gene Hackman, the three Ro- Rocky two, three and four, which are actually really beautiful movies. He, he shot one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So. You know, he's he's a heavy even outside of all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it, and mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing to me uh, to, to watch this kind of stuff and go, oh, that's, you know, the, the stuff a lot of times you don't notice because you're watching the movie. But sometimes when you strip away the dialogue or you strip away the color or you strip away whatever it is, you, you more quickly realize, wow, that's really gorgeous. You know, like and for me with Jaws, I've seen Jaws two dozen times. Right. I don't need to keep track of the plot. You know what I mean? There's the scenes I know I like and I'm waiting for them, whatever it is. But somehow after watching it many times, you can sort of step back and go, oh, look at that shot of him like walking up the street. That's really well done. You know, mm-hmm. and how, you know, anyway, good stuff. Best, you best. Know, you know what's missing what? in a lot of film are those sort of long, beautiful, establishing shots. That is that is why the American with the uh, with uh, what's his name? Clooney. Mm hmm was such a great movie because it's like it has these long yeah wide these angle. sort of john Fordy kind of yeah kind it's of like shots. it's just like setting up just like seating the viewer in the environment that they're mm-hmm. about to watch the movie mm-hmm. by the way my favorite scene in jaws is the is the you go in the cage and he's like yeah he goes cage goes in the water you go in the water sharks in the water yeah 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 <laughs> and then he just starts singing yeah. the song the great robert shaw <laughs> yeah he's so uh, good uh, all right what else we got uh, let's see. We're going to talk about this for next week, huh? What do you, oh, oh yeah. You know what? We can tease this a little bit. I, I what was it? Influences. Uh, right. Uh, but where did I, where did that come from? Oh, okay. Uh, Keith Richards was on Fallon the other night. Okay. And he was talking about this documentary called Under the Influence, which is such a perfect title for a documentary about Keith Richards. It's not even funny. That's great. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Netflix did this original documentary called Under the Influence. And and in it, uh, Keith talks about his musical influences, which, as you might know or, or even suspect, is largely American blues music, American jazz music, American country music. Um, and uh, there were a couple terrific moments in it. And, and one of them was when he went to Chicago uh, for the first time to go to Chess Records, uh, which was a, a terrific record label uh, that, that produced a lot of, of uh, blues artists. Yep. Uh, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters. Uh, I think there was actually a documentary on chess, too, somewhere. I think, I think there is, and it may still be on, on Keep Netflix. Keep talking, I'll see if I can find it. He, he describes walking through the hallway of Chess Records, uh, and, and there's a, a, a black man on a ladder painting the ceiling uh, and they're walking through and, and he says, Oh, uh, the, 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 head of the, the label, he says, Oh, I, I'd like you to meet muddy waters. 
and and muddy waters is the guy on the ladder painting the ceiling right naked as money yeah 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 and and you know so richards describes you know muddy waters getting down off the ladder and 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 uh you know shaking hands and introducing himself and and then muddy waters thanking him for what the stones had done to bring attention to his music <laughs> and Backwards. it's yeah it's just this 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 fantastic look at what influences us to make what we make and uh uh one of the things richard says in it and i, I wrote it down because it was a great quote uh he says our puritanical mission he's talking about the stones yeah. our puritanical mission was to turn other people on to the blues at the same time we realized we'd turned america back on to its own music yeah and it's uh, it's it's such a fantastic film. I think it's uh, interesting because you and I came too late to know. Like for us, we now looking back know that the Stones and a lot of these you know British bands and I don't know Elvis and all this kind of stuff. Like a lot of these like white musicians who were playing like Black American blues in a different way. Um, right, shined a light on these musicians that were ignored because of racial stereotypes or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. 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 But but in some ways, you and I know all of those people, the black musicians and the white musicians in this case, because we weren't there at the time. I wonder if at the time people really didn't listen to that stuff until they heard the Rolling Stones and they were like, where did this come from? Let's go look back, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or or like I want to know. I'd like to know the timeline of sort of that osmosis. Right. When it, it must have been amazing to hear something like the Stones that was new and then to what you're saying, go back and see where it influenced rather than we're looking back on even the heyday of the Stones yeah. to see the influences. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. That sounds like fun. So yeah. we're going to watch this documentary. Yeah, I will uh, probably watch it again because I really enjoyed it. Which is on Netflix from what I yep, understand. Yeah, it it's a Netflix original documentary. Okay, so I'm going to put, put a link to the trailer uh, the YouTube trailer and then yep. people can go check it out on Netflix. I'll go watch it too. Yep. And okay. they're there. He's got a new record out. Uh, he's all called... over the place, man. He was on Marin. He was on. Yeah. Yeah. He's all over. And, and the music is really good. I, I learned so much about him as a musician by watching this that I didn't know before. I, I have a lot you, more respect for him. What did you think about that guitar documentary? I think we watched way, way long ago. I can't remember what you thought about it. The, the one with Jack White and The Edge and Jimmy Page. Oh, uh, This Might Get Loud. <clears throat> did you like that one? I loved it. Uh, okay. Directed by Davis Guggenheim. Fantastic <laughs> film. I mean, okay. here, here's the premise, guys. You, you, you have a warehouse and you set up a few guitars and some amps and some pedals and you invite Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge to sit down and have a conversation, turn on the cameras and see what happens. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what it was. There was a little, there was a lot of individual interviews, little too, vignettes, though, right? yeah. yeah, of their things. But, but the, the meat of it for me was, was watching that moment where Jimmy Page is talking about whole lot of love yeah. and he stands up, walks over to his guitar and starts playing it. And you just, yeah. yeah. And you see Jack White and the edge just absolute kids in candy store awe you know yeah, yeah, sort of sure. worshiping at the altar of jimmy page at that moment and and page has just got his sort of his swagger and his kind of style and he's just playing this thing such great moments in that in that movie so if you if you want to see sort of influence another documentary a uh, great call about influence uh this might get louder this could get loud yeah, one maybe of the two. May, so this might get loud we should uh, yeah, yeah so go watch that one too if you can it's it's around oh it's so good it's yeah. so good 
Um, so, all right, we'll talk about that next week. Um, okay. The <laughs> These Ben Johnson, we'll do some of these new things quick. Uh, okay, 50,000 hours on one painting. Yeah, okay, so th- this came from uh, Jim Mortram, who, uh, if you don't know Jim Mortram, please find Jim Mortram on, on Twitter uh, or, or look for uh, a project called Small Town Inertia. Absolutely fantastic project. Uh, terrific work. He also is the one who turned me on to Hoxton Mini Press, which is a great publisher of, of books about photography and goings on in the East London area. All right. We uh, talked about this guy. We yeah, used him as yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, he said something about this, uh, this, this guy, Ben Johnson, who, Jesus, spends 50,000 hours making a painting. How is that possible? Because he's got a lot of paintings on his website. Because how could he have done all those? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think maybe that's a, a, a collective of a number of people working on them. It's not oh, just okay, him. Okay, it's not just him. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they are that that weird sort of trying to be very photorealistic looking. Oh, yeah. They're analog Burt Monroy. Yes. Yes. He's, uh, wow. That's a great way to put it. Yes. Perfect. Analog Burt Monroy. I mean, he's he's doing layers of glazing and gels and and translucent and transparencies and it's yeah. just oh my all, god. All to create something when you back up five feet looks like a photograph. Oh, <laughs> it's like hey dude, just get an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I I no, they're loved this thing and I I, I so uh, I'm trying to find. So uh, I guess okay. Here, can I, let me ask you a quick little question. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and I don't want to go too deep into this because this is a rat hole. But <laughs> we want to do that per our conversation last week about like doing different things and moving on to whatever it is. This guy is basically just recreating a photograph by putting in fifty thousand hours of work. What well, is he doing that's new? Okay, in, in I, your in your I, eye. Well, I, I I'd like to not give too much of of it away. I'd. There is a method to his madness, and there there are are uh, reasons relating to his upbringing, his childhood, his relationship with his uh, parents that that are driving the ethos behind this thing. So it's it, the process, uh, the physical process is is part and parcel to the mental process that he's going through. These are therapy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. These are therapy. Yeah. Sure. So uh, I, I would love to sit down with this man. So if, if, if Jim, if you're listening and you've got a, a way to talk, if anybody has a, an in on this, I would love to talk to you. Or Ben Johnson, you know, maybe you listen to the show. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, yeah, you should you should give him a call. Yeah. Um, so beautiful work. Uh, I think this is really interesting again this is look this is where i live right this is 100 percent process yes yeah 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 but it's internal and external but it's not anything new quote unquote from an artistic point of view no it's nothing we we have not seen a variation on before uh photorealism is certainly not new to ben johnson circa you know 2015 um it's it's what's behind it and to hear him talk about it that's what hooked me not yeah. necessarily the work i mean the work for me okay eh. 
It's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not my cup of tea. It's it's what's gone into getting there. It's the journey of 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 arriving at that finished piece that it, that that excites me and that I would like to unpack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's some cops pulling somebody over with a with a thing outside. Crazy. A thing. Oh He's no. Like, <laughs> there's that kind of stuff going on. That's crazy. Um, uh, what do you want to go? Can, let's save this. What, uh, what, where were we at on time? Uh, this, uh, we are at about a hour, 10 minutes. Let's save this. What is art and what is not for next week? Cause this is, okay. this is a big one. This could be a big thing. Sure. Yeah. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. No, no, no. That, that's a, that's a good one. And it kind of relates to the other thing too. Right. Let people look at the guild and stuff and then we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, this thing I just saw this, this morning, I, I can't remember where we came down, whether you dig Joey L or whether you don't. I love Joey L. Uh, I like Joey L. Uh, I, I like his work. Um, yeah. I, I am fascinated by how <laughs> uh, I, I, I am fascinated by how he has evolved as a photographer and, and seemingly his behind the scenes really as a person. slow. You try to like click on stuff. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Joey has done uh, uh, a series of portraits and, and editorial work for Lavazza Coffee Company. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for their calendar, and it is, I think this stuff is gorgeous. Uh, yes, uh, I think I think some of them are. I think they're good. Yeah, I think they're good. I the the, the I, I have no problems with the work. I just like. It's just weird. It's like coffee companies showing really poor people making coffee, like being happy about it. It's like a little, I don't know. There's something about it, but whatever. Well, that's okay. Let's let's have a think about this. Is this is this exploiting the people? Is this is this? Uh, I think getting that it's, close I, to the. I think it toes the line, but you know, whatever. It's you know, it's it's it, it, photographically it's beautiful, and you know, capitalism is capitalism. So you know. Um, Where does this get us with the Gildan stuff from earlier? Different ballpark? Well, this is being used for commercial purposes, so I guess there's a difference right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, um, ho- I mean, if he if he took these for himself, I you know I'd be fine. But like the fact that it's like a thing for a calendar that you know, I don't know. Makes me feel weird. But that. But again, that's whatever. That's everybody's. Everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. Is it is it you 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 maybe feel that they're not being paid fairly for their time and efforts for Lavaza? Is that is that uh, yeah? I mean, I at? think that I think that you know all these sort of commodity crops in third world countries always kind of get screwed. You know, like you know, I, Starbucks is waking, making way more money than the guys who actually make the coffee. You know, sure, and that kind of bothers me. But I mean, that's that's that bothers me across the entire economy. So, you know, well, let me ask you something. Am I, am I somehow, and and I'm fully open to, to revisiting this. Am I somehow missing something about this? Am I, am I picking on the Gildan work in a way that I should also be somewhat picking on this work? Um, well, I think that these are flattering pictures of the people, so it's a different argument than the Gildan work. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, but it still comes down to tone. It still comes down to intent. Yeah, I mean, these are these are smiling pictures of people being happy making coffee for Lavazza, you know? Mm-hmm. Which... Some is, of them, yeah. Some yeah. of them are just sort of lifestyle. Yeah, kind of yeah, things. yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's great for Lavazza. 
you know, they're beautiful pictures. He did a good job, you know. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see what people think. Yeah, and we'll put, and I'll I'd love to talk to Joey too. Joey, so if you're if you're listening, he's in Brooklyn. Why don't you go over his house? Uh, he lives in Williamsburg. That's like across the river. I can't I can't go anywhere near that. He lives in oh he lives in Williamsburg. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm guessing. I'm assuming he does. I thought he lived in Brooklyn. Well, Joey, does, where do yeah, you live? Yeah, no, Williamsburg is part of Brooklyn. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's the cool part of Brooklyn. Oh well, then that's where he lives. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, beautiful work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go spend 50,000 hours on a painting. Are you? No. no well, you've spent 50,000 hours in the corner. Ah! Oh, what? 50 hours, maybe. <laughs> hey, what's going on with that? Did you, well, did you paint a new background? What's I have not on? painted it yet. No, Damn I had it, a... I was, you know, working for other people this week. I was busy. Uh, I expect you to be in a schmock covered in paint by the end of the day, mister. You know, no, I got... There's a handful of people I want to shoot in this one before I redo it. So I, I'm still working on getting those people in here. Um, the uh, hey, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I shot uh, tethered the other day, which is very odd for me. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. this is one of the first times you've done this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've done it a few times. I just don't find it. A lot of times, I don't find it that useful. Like sometimes when you're tethering, at least with the Canon stuff, I don't know if it's the same with the Nikon and whatever it is. It's like if the computer and the thing get out of sync like sometimes it's like oh it's won't let me take a picture it says error you know like all those kinds of oh. things which at a certain point i'm just like just unplug it i got work to do you know mm-hmm. um but if when it's working it's nice because you take the picture and you can see it on a in the case of dan god has been a nice little retina macbook pro so it's like you can actually look at it and open up the shadows and just see what the histogram looks like you know i mean it's, sure. it's useful in certain situations and then the people standing behind you can look and then with the art director you can be like all right we did this like do we have it do we have what you need? Yes. Okay, right, we're moving right. on. Um, Does the five D three have uh, Wi Fi? Can you go wireless to an uh, iPad? There's no, like but there's there's a Wi Fi. Uh, well, you can get a iFi cards. I think you can use. Oh yeah, sure. Or sure. They, Canon makes a little screw on the bottom Wi Fi module that plugs in, but it's like hundreds of dollars and it's insane. Um, one of the things that somebody pointed out because Canon put out a I saw an article on Canon Rumors, Canon. Uh, put out a patent application because apparently part of the problem is that the pro bodies like the 5d and up are made of magnesium they're metal bodies so there was nowhere to put the antennas for the wi-fi oh so the mag the magnesium actually yeah like blocks yeah blocks the thing so it ended up becoming a problem but they figured out a way to do it by putting them in basically sort of above where the uh where the uh bump is for the prism like up in there. Um, oh, kind of below the shoe? Yeah. Or the, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Do, do the pro bodies still have yes. shoes or they all oh, yeah. sink? No, no, no. They, they don't have, have pop-up flashes. They don't have pop-up flashes, but they yeah. have. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, it was, just, it was just interesting shooting. The one thing I don't like about it is that, and I think we could have figured this out, at least the way we were doing it, it also wasn't writing to the card. It was writing straight to the computer, which is fine. Oh. But if you're like, it made me nervous. You know, yeah. like we shot all that stuff and like, I, I'm sure there's a way to get it to shoot to the card and stuff, but it wasn't automatically writing to the card. And I don't know if that was a setting in capture one. Uh, you okay. see what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. although I will tell you, there was like two, two real quick things that were super cool. Like we were doing sort of a left and a right thing. Cause we had to do a cover split into two pictures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dan, can you pull up 
one of the left pictures to have next to the ones. So every time one on the right pops up, it pops oh, up next to nice. the one on the left. Okay. So and you, you can, can do that. get a little preview of what the cover might look like. Yeah. Which was really cool. And oh, yeah. one of the cool things you can do is you can actually set up, uh, um, perspective shifts in so that it shows it to you in a perspective shift and at a certain crop. So hmm. I'm shooting two by three, but I know the magazine is whatever, 13 by nine or whatever. It right, is. right, right. I can have it show me just the 13 by nine middle of the picture. So I, we can get an idea of what the magazine mm-hmm. would look like. And it's cropped. non-destructive, non-destructive. It just yeah, shows it yeah. to you and you can do perspective correction. So if you have it on a tripod, but you know, like you need to angle the top down, you know, in a little bit or whatever it is, you can set up multiple like lines to, for it as, as markers and it'll actually correct the perspective and do that automatically as they come in. So you see them perspective corrected. Wow. Like there was lots of like cool things. Now are those things that are problems? No, you know what I mean? They're, they're not anything that like, if I didn't have them, it would be a, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to work, but it was, it was cool. Very. Cool. What do you think of the, the, the C1 interface? I really like it. Uh, uh, I'm so used to the Lightroom interface that sometimes it drives me crazy, but mostly mm-hmm. just because I don't know where to find things. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fine. I do, the one thing I don't like about it is that so Capture One is sort of designed so that you basically have a different library for each shoot. Is kind of how it works, right? Um, where where you're setting up a shoot and you can have. Uh, the, all the pictures say for this shoot in some sort of capture one file, and then it's referencing the raw files, which yeah, is fine. You can do either catalogs or sessions. Right. And uh, yeah. most of the old school people use it as like sessions, which right. it, it's like, I just want to be able to go in and find the picture. I don't want to have to like go to the folders to find the session file. To, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just how I work. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, it looks great. Um, cool. But I ended up bringing them home and, putting them on a, uh, into Lightroom anyway to work on, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it worked. Uh, sorry. Uh, let's talk about the group. What do we got? Uh, oh gosh, they love this. The, the circle circular project was, yeah, fantastic. And, yeah. and, you know, with the moon, that was cool. Um, some, some carnival stuff, uh, Char Davies, good stuff. Um, uh, gosh, who else? Uh, gosh, so much good work. Fielding with a hubcap. Uh, oh, yeah, I like the ooh, hubcap. That, that pie looks good. Or is it a brownie? What is that? Is that a brownie cake? Pie. Emmanuel? I'm sorry. Looking at pie. No, yeah. no, it's a brownie. It's Yeah, it's like a brownie pie thing. Brownie so, in a pie dish? Throw some ice cream on there. And hey, I, I made a four-layer cake. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, it was good. Cake is good. Uh, so lots of really good stuff. Um, Andrew Shields. Love this shot. Love the light in that shot. Bench with the with the 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 life ring. Uh, God, that's great light. Um, I like the Jim Acevedo's picture with the the circular and then the light bulbs. Oh yeah, yeah, that? yeah. That's cool. Yeah, um, lots of stuff for the eclipse. So that's fun. Um, James Haddock uh, laundromat shot. Love it. Uh, although I I don't know. I might have cropped in so I don't see the. Uh, the bulletin board. What do you think about that? Uh, I I don't know. That's where it's so the frame is just the the six. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I see it, but I. It's, but part of me. You eh, like the context? I do like the context. Actually, yeah. I would have backed up just a scooch so I get the full circles all the way in on this. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But uh, uh, I, I like the Gary whirling, the, the the clothes whirling. That's a really clean. Look at that! It takes credit cards. 
Where the heck is that? Where the hell is James Haddock that he's... Uh... <laughs> You're carrying around a sack of quarters, hipster. Yeah, I just... No, I just dropped my laundry off. I hate doing oh, laundry. Oh, there it is. When I figured out how to... That, I, that you could do it without actually having to go to a thing. Oh, right. my God. That made me so happy. I was like, yes, I don't have to go. I don't care if I have to pay you a lot of money. Do my right. laundry for me. It's like the best uh, $20. What? Michael uh, Atanasio? Atanasio? Where's Is that, that how you pronounce it? A-T-T-A-N Atanasio? Michael? Uh, Shot of the Apples? Love the tone in that. Beautiful. Mm, apples. Um, so Circular did it for people, apparently. Yeah. Hey, did you see my picture of the vault? Not bad. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, you and I, I went there. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, I was looking at it. I was just like, oh, yeah, I, do. I wonder how that picture would have come out with the old camera. Because I think I, I didn't take it that day, or I maybe took this picture with the iPhone 5. It just didn't look that good because the light wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you use the flash uh, with that or no? No, no flash. Andrew Shields, love that. I'm assuming that's your daughter looking through a magnifying glass. Like an episode yeah. of The Twilight Zone. That's a great shot. Oh, that is good. Oh, that's really fun. Good job, Andrew. Creepy. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, Hugh, love that in the mirror. little homage to Matheson, maybe. What are we going to make people do next week? What do, oh, I see what you got here. Okay. So I was thinking, I've been talking to a lot of people since I moved to D.C. Okay. Um, business owners. Uh, met this guy yesterday. He Okay. This... Uh, impeccably dressed. Uh, did you ever watch Fringe? Of course you did, right? Yep, sure. Okay, so uh, Broyles. Sure. Very sort of chiseled. Like super features. thin chiseled black guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah great yeah. great bald head, super That great actor features. always plays that role. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I saw a guy walking and he had a little thing in his ear and he had this beautiful blue suit on white shirt, yellow tie, and just this beautiful skin tone. Absolutely gorgeous. And uh, very intense, purposeful walk. But he was saying hello to all of the business owners as he walked by, you know, he's saying mayor. hello on the street. No, he's not the mayor. Uh, so I, I kind of sidled up beside him and I said, uh, I said something to the effect of, uh, uh, you know, are, are you keeping the streets safe for the rest of us? And, uh, and he said, he just kind of looked at me and he's like, yes, I am. And I said, wow, security, some sort. And he's like, it's like, you could say that. And I said, what's your name? And he, and he, we had this little talk and I shook his hand and he, you know, had this little brief exchange, but it was, it was the intensity in this man was fantastic, but, uh, opened up and, and he stopped for a moment. We had this little brief exchange and I shook his hand and away he went. Uh, so I was thinking, what about stranger as the hashtag and the 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 assignment is to to talk to a stranger and and get their photograph okay yeah what do you think about that uh sure have a brief exchange maybe even maybe get the person's name okay first names first names so it's no first name so it's personal so it's not just like you're across the street or you know yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta talk to the person yeah so Bailward, put down the 400 millimeter lens. Wait, does it count if you're, st- you know how sometimes you can like look at somebody and take a picture and smile and they smile back? Does that count? Or do you have sure. to actually talk? 
I mean, I would love it if there was an exchange because there, there's so much there's so much that happens when when you when you when you treat a person like more than a transaction. Yep. There's something fantastic that happens there. So if you know, and it's for a lot of you, myself included, it's outside. You know, I talk to a lot of people, but it's it's always still outside my comfort zone. Yeah. I'm I'm still you know very apprehensive or nervous. So maybe a a, a portrait. Of a of a, sure. of a stranger. I uh, I took a uh, I was on the train the other day, actually coming home from buying my iPhone, and there was a guy who sat down next to me with Philip Glass's new book, and uh, he wrote a memoir. Uh, oh, nice. autobiography of some kind. And I said, "Is it any good?" And he's just like, "Oh, it's amazing." And we started talking, and he and, and I was saying how the other day how I shot this piano player named Fred Hirsch and he's just like oh Fred and I were at NEC together back in the 70s and I'm like oh How that's funny fun. you know and so we got talking and like it was just like we had this nice little conversation for like five subway stops so I could have just taken this picture and I would have had this one done why didn't you let me know earlier I was I was going to but now jerk. you have to go talk to somebody else such a jerk I know it I know uh, stranger got it hashtag stranger you good? All right, what do you got? You, you've, you've got a photographer of the week. This is interesting stuff Lyndon here. Glendhill. Lyndon Glendhill. Yes. Now, here's the thing. You go look at his work, and you go into, say, liquids or crystals. Yep. And you get these crazy microscopic views of, uh, uh, of uh, these, you know, of bubbles and images, and he gets all these chromatic shifts happening and stuff like that, right? You go look at the uh, crystals section, uh, and they are like amazing. So he's got he's got a camera hooked up to a microscope, which is how he's doing these. Mm. And he ends up dyeing stuff. Look at the crystals; they're amazing. They're like these shards. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't even look real. It, it yeah, looks they look like rendered. this is rendered <clears throat> Photoshop or some sort of three D render. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, they really are. And and I just thought it was different, like something completely different than yeah. Well out of the wheelhouse. Yeah. 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 yeah, And, and just, it shows you, you know, photography of things that people wouldn't ever think of, you know, uh, there's okay, one, now, is, go ahead. Is this the guy that, that, that Craig worked with on this those is the stuff, Yes. This is stuff that Craig does work with on a number of things, but yes, he did that. Uh, he did those, um, uh, the, the new thing, the ferrofluid things, the ferrofluid glyphs thing, which is like blown out of proportion. It's like crazy. It's like, <sighs> Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. This is interesting stuff. But he does he does amazing work. Just I mean, it's just sort of one of those guys who kind of I've met him before, and you know he hangs out at his house, and he's like a mad scientist. You know, hmm. he just like looks at the world differently. You know, and I just I like the 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 crystalline stuff, and just the how you can get color out of things that don't have a lot of color by lighting them a certain way or by filtering things or using polarizers. Right. I mean, that's like a lot of what people use like these ones of, um, I'm looking in the snowflake section. Like mm-hmm. how the hell do you get a snowflake to sit still? You know, or you ha- you butterfly have to do- scales. Yeah. You have to do this stuff. I know, right. Butterfly scales. Jeffrey. I didn't even know butterflies had scales. <laughs> yeah. And there he is taking pictures of them. Ugh. That's beautiful. Right? There it's it's completely it's this is like way out of what we normally do. But this is the kind of stuff where I think these pictures would look amazing huge. Like big oh, giant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lyndon Gledhill, good find. <sighs> yeah. Something different. Uh but go check it out. And yes, if you want to help support their uh, Kickstarter, although at the moment they don't need any support. They've made forty eight thousand dollars on their Kickstarter. Well, that doesn't go very far though. 
uh, well, they've already done the work, so this is really just selling prints. They're pretty cool. They made they made um, a bunch of different like glyphs, like uh, uh, characters out of ferrofluid shapes, hmm. and then they're doing printings that are all different. So they're just like mixing up the whatever twenty six. Uh, they have whatever how many glyphs they have thirty glyphs. Well, did did Craig do? letterpress of the glyphs yeah somehow they transferred the glyphs and made letterpress blocks out of them right okay uh and i don't exactly know how they did that but they they made them out of metal somehow yeah uh photopolymer plates and cherry wood apparently okay so the photopolymer plates are are basically similar to a to a silkscreen process where you're burning you're burning the plate and it's a it's a plastic that cures. Okay, well that's what they're doing. So it's then. it's got some relief to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they wow. did. And so they they made all these crazy glyphs, which is a neat idea. And yeah, of course neat. It takes a lot of time. Um, so they're doing well these. Yeah, now they're doing ones with like gold type and stuff. But but I just think this guy's work is just amazing mm-hmm. uh, on its own. And there's a behind the scenes section. Uh, on his site, where I'm, which I'm trying to load up here. This uh, looks like something that 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 Trent Reznor would would use on a nine inch nails video yes and uh craig did a video and an album cover with this guy uh for for some stuff which uh i think is probably in the commercial section um they did a crazy video uh uh for i forget what the hell the guy's name was what the band's name was i'll find a link and put it in or uh uh oh what's the guy that did uh he he directed some of some of uh, the nine inch nail stuff. And he, he did one hour photo. Mark Romanic. Mark yeah, Romanic. yeah. 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 So crazy stuff. Anyway, go check it out. Lyndon Glendhill. And, uh, that's that. Uh, what else you got, uh, for next week? Anything else we want to say before we sign off? Uh, Oh, uh, uh, meetup DC meetup. When are you thinking? Uh, what do you think of November 15th? That's a Sunday. Uh, yeah, that could probably work. November 15th. Yeah. DC, uh, the Irving Penn show will have opened by then. Um, I'll, I'll do a I'll do a post in the group, and uh, and if you guys can can make it, I would love to meet and or see you. Yeah, let's get people down there. Uh, anything else? Nope. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. You can reach us on Instagram and on Twitter at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sidoris. Um, you can send us, uh, leave us a voicemail three, four, seven, six, eight, seven, 9411. We'll get us there. And anything else? Uh, if you, you know, I'm always looking for new people to check out on, on Instagram. So if you, well, if you, you see somebody that's, that's particularly interesting or a body of work that's caught your eye, uh, tag me. If you see something, say something to if Jeffrey. You see, that's right. If you see something, say something. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> uh, okay. Talk All right. To you later. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. So I can hear